For centuries, humans have been growing alongside our botanical brethren. Our histories have mixed and mingled to bring us modern medical marvels, faded folklore, and everything in between. Of course, in order to understand the plant, we have to start with its roots. I'm M. Governor Gaddis, and this is Rooted. Conium meticulum, or hemlock, is native to certain parts of Europe, the Mediterranean, and South Africa, but it's been naturalized pretty much everywhere. It's an umbellifer in the Apaceae family, and it grows between three and five feet tall and has a white flower made up of millions of tiny little blooms. Hemlock is a biannual, and it can grow in pretty much any kind of soil. If this is sounding familiar, it's likely because it is. Hemlock is commonly mixed up with Queen Anne's lace, which we talked about in episode two. The way to tell them apart is that hemlock doesn't have the purple center flower, and it has a hairless stem with purple splotches. Plus, it smells disgusting when it's dug up. Somewhere between mouse pee and a musty frat house basement. Yikes. If you think that sounds bad, wait until we get into how toxic it is. See, all parts of hemlock are poisonous to humans, but the potency really depends on the season and part of the plant in question. In early spring, the root is at its most toxic, but its leaves are actually safe for some cattle to eat. This is because like its cousin the carrot, it sends all of its nutrients and all the stuff that kills us to its taproot for safekeeping in the winter. In the summer, the leaves become toxic and by June it started getting its seeds ready for fall when it sends those toxic little shits all over the place to start the cycle all over again. Just like Queen Anne's lace, in the fall, it starts to fold up and form a little tumbleweed of hairy little seeds that are just waiting to latch onto something and spread themselves out. And because they aren't too picky about soil and don't have a ton of bugs that really like them, hemlock has no issues outcompeting native species. Hemlock is poisonous to humans, livestock, and most other animals. It isn't super tasty, but it is easily confused with wild carrot, which means it mostly poisons animals who eat it expecting a tasty snack, but instead get a bitter bite of something terrible. One other common way people used to accidentally poison themselves with this stuff was by making pan flutes out of the dried stalks also because they misidentified it. This was mostly happening to Victoria-era children, who apparently loved pan flutes and hated learning about plant identification. While it isn't super common today, we do still see cases of hemlock poisoning. The most common symptoms are sweating, vomiting, dilated pupils, excessive salivation, dry mouth, rapid heartbeat, high blood pressure, restlessness or confusion, muscle weakness or twitches, tremors, and seizures. In more severe cases, hemlock poisoning can cause multiple delayed complications such as slow heartbeat, low blood pressure, muscle paralysis, muscle breakdown, and muscle death, kidney failure, central nervous system depression, and eventually, death. 
The reason that hemlock is so toxic to us is because it contains a chemical called conine, which sends mixed up signals to the muscles that control your breathing, basically telling them to stop and, well, eventually killing you. One interesting thing about conine poisoning is that animals who ingest it and live are actually more likely to eat it again. And this is especially bad news for any pregnant animals who may not have any long-term symptoms themselves, but pass on a very distinctive genetic defect to their offspring. The most famous death by hemlock poisoning was Socrates, but his death wasn't an accident. In fact, it's pretty much as far away from an accident as you can get. The story goes that Socrates was put to death in ancient Greece for corrupting the minds of young men. But because he was still regarded as a gentleman, they let him choose how he wanted to die. So he chose hemlock tea. It's reported that his death was a peaceful one, where he was able to have coherent conversation with his followers until drifting off to sleep. But some historians doubt that, knowing what we do today about hemlock poisoning and how it usually goes down. Another death with some lore around hemlock is actually the death of Jesus Christ. It's said that as Christ's blood rolled down the hill onto the field below, some of it got onto hemlock, staining it and making it toxic for the rest of eternity. Another interesting bit of lore from Christianity actually comes from the belief that hemlock gets its purple marks as a symbol of Cain, and that the marks were left upon his brow after his first murder. Either way, some super interesting stories from a plant that's usually linked strictly to witchcraft. The thing is, though, this plant has never just been linked with witchcraft. In fact, there actually aren't that many ties to early pagans or even ancient gods. It's mostly been linked to witchcraft because of old wives' tales and hearsay. One great example of a non-witchy use for hemlock comes to us from the 17th century England, where doctors were using it as an early anesthetic called thwall. Making it kind of sounds like people were just rooting around in their pantries and mixing stuff together to see what worked, but I guess anything had to be better than being awake while someone sawed off your arm. Here's one medieval scholar's recipe for this stuff. Take three spoonfuls of the gall of a barrow swine for a man and for a woman the guilt. Three spoonfuls of hemlock juice, three spoonfuls of wild neep, three spoonfuls of lettuce, three of pape, three spoonfuls of henbane, and three spoonfuls of vinegar. Mix them all together and boil them a little, and put them in a glass vessel well stopped, and put thereof three spoonfuls into a potal of good wine and mix it well together. Basically, you mixed equal parts stomach acid from a pig, hemlock juice, rutabaga, lettuce, opium, henbane, and vinegar. You boil that and mix a little in with a glass of wine to knock someone out cold before you ripped out their spleen, or did whatever else you were trying to do back then. I kind of feel like the wine and opium would have been good enough, but what would I know? I'm not a doctor. Today, we aren't doing anything nearly as exciting or risky with the stuff. In fact, the vast majority of people are honestly told to avoid hemlock, as it's so toxic and tricky to work with. There are a few exceptions, though. 
the most stereotypical of them being witchcraft. While it isn't a super common part of spell work for most witches, hemlock is still sometimes part of ceremonies and rituals. Often, hemlock is used as a hexing agent in spells that could otherwise be intended for good. For example, you might add a little hemlock to a spell more commonly used to encourage good fortune to deny that good fortune to someone who's wronged you. It can also be used to strengthen protection spells and to anoint tools of protection. The idea there is that if you're already in possession of the thing that's meant to hurt you, you can stop it from causing any further harm. Due to how risky it is to work with hemlock, it's no surprise that there aren't a ton of modern-day medical uses. While in some practices and cultures, hemlock is still used in treatment for whooping cough and bronchitis, because of the way it tells your muscles you use to breathe then cough to chill out, there isn't a ton of evidence to support that it works well enough to use it based on the risks associated with it. That's it for this week. I hope you enjoyed learning a little bit more about the plant most of us have heard of and likely even seen, but probably never knew much about. Next time you see a field of white, lacy-looking flowers, I encourage you to take a closer look. You might be surprised about how common poison hemlock is, and how frequently you've looked an ancient killer in the eye without even knowing it. As a not-so-gentle reminder, snacking on anything you forage for can come with risks. Before you ingest anything you find in the wild, please do your research and make sure you know what it is you're eating before you eat it. If you aren't sure it's safe, don't take the chance. As always, thank you so much for listening and for allowing me to share these stories with you. I've been delighted and surprised by how many of you are really enjoying the show, and I can't wait to keep sending more Cursed History facts your way. If you liked the show, please consider subscribing and leaving us a review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Rooted.Pod. We're on YouTube at Rooted.Podcast, and check out our website, RootedPod.com, for transcripts, updates, and so much more. Thanks for being here, and until next time, be kind to yourselves, be kind to the earth, and just like a plant, drink your water. <laughs>